following announcement has been paid for by the What's up, everyone? Welcome to the return of the Nerds of Wrestling podcast. For those viewing this on Twitch, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for those in chat, thank you. What's up, everyone? Uh, right on because of, <laughs> because of work, right on. Uh, so this will be available on podcast platforms uh, later down the road. But for now, we are doing these after every pay-per-view regarding the review and recap of that particular pay-per-view. So it's going to be in a vacuum, if you will, just the event itself, no lead up, no, maybe some discussion about fallout. Um, yes, the end, we'll get to that for those that don't know what happened. So we're going to, again, talk about a bunch of things here. So of course we have money in the bank, 2019. I'm here so mad about it. So on the pre-show, we had some weird interactions between, uh, Sonya Deville and Vega that I wanted to mention. What was that foreshadowing? What was that going to lead to come? Uh, it did end up foreshadowing something, but not between those two just yet. So the pre-show match, the only one on the card, was a non-title tag team match against the recently crowned um, and not winning crowned tag team champions, the given tag team titles to the team of Rowan and Daniel Bryan. You had a feeling it was kind of happening, Alan. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, so chat's going to be messaging here for those that are listening to the audio version. You're probably unsure, but I'll, I'll try to make it clear as far as uh, what we're talking about here. And I'll, I'll answer questions as these come about. Uh, so we kick things off on the pre-show against the tag team champions, then a raw tag team, the Usos, um, weird entrance from the Usos. They've been a tag team for a long time. So at this point you're kind of expecting great things from them. They have sometimes really strong promos and then sometimes not so much. Tonight leaned on the side of not so much. Their big insult was SpongeBob jokes. I thought I thought that was kind of strange, uh, not really tasteful. I guess I, I don't know. It just it's a weird insult, and I guess it's kid friendly, um, but that's just kind of not a strong thing. Uh, the Usos ended up winning again, not for the championship here. It was just a tag team match, um, and again they're on Raw. It was a Raw versus SmackDown thing here. But then again, what are the uh, roster <laughs> so anyways because people are appearing on both shows so that was it for the pre-show a lot of banter a lot of build a lot of commercials for the show you're about to watch anyways it's something that i kind of get annoyed with but at this point they've been doing it so long it just kind of allows me to settle in for the evening um so they fit all that into one hour a sh very short match and banter so we kick things off again we have here the memory of Ashley Massaro, who unfortunately passed away late last week, uh, she was 39 years old, so uh, condolences to her and her family, it was uh, very tragic, if you weren't part of the end of the Attitude Era, the beginnings of the Ruthless Aggression, she was a uh, Diva Search winner, uh, accomplished a lot of great things, uh, never truly was amazing, but she was a decent talent, and for the time, she accomplished quite a bit. She was featured on reality television as well, outside of the WWE. She didn't have a very long career there. but So they had a nice graphic regarding that before we went to the main show. So the main show itself, as we can see here, the Nikki Cross is somewhat photoshopped on. I'll show you what happened. Originally, it was Alexa Bliss that was scheduled to be in this Women's Money in the Bank match. 
Uh, what's up, Phoenix? Welcome to the show. So originally it was scheduled to be Alexa Bliss. She got injured, I'm assuming, or she's still not cleared to wrestle. So they replaced her with Nikki Cross. So we had in this one the women's money in the bank. You had Ember Moon um, showcasing. I, I have some notes here, some really cool things. Uh, they There was a weird transition, though. I do have to mention this before I forget. There was a weird transition. So right before we have the normal transition to the actual pay-per-view itself, we had an entrance start. So Naomi's entrance started, and then they went to the break to go to pay-per-view. Weird. They usually never do it that way, but uh, it was odd. Then they come back to the actual pay-per-view itself. So for those that are watching the pay-per-view, they get cut off. That aren't. They kind of have Naomi in the ring already, and then they're like restarting her music for that. It was very strange, and then they continued on with the next entrance. Uh, throughout the match, we saw some weird botches one of them was Carmella had an injured knee she came back though um so she was okay at least to finish the match we don't know if there's actual injury there uh Ember Moon landed a big eclipse off the ladder the crowd popped for that Allen in chat says I thought for sure Cross would win I did too out of all these I thought for sure that it was going to be Cross or Ember Moon for the push I was honestly surprised how the ending came about so Sonya Deville like I had mentioned in the pre-show she had some uh, banter on the commentary booth between Zelina Vega and herself, but she came out to help Mandy Rose because she was really supporting her in that banter, and she ended up hoisting up Mandy Rose and lifting her up the ladder to climb it to help her. Uh, she was halted, however, by Bailey knocking both of them down and Bailey climbing and actually winning, becoming Miss Money in the Bank. So Bailey was your Women's Money in the Bank winner. Uh, Henry says, I find it weird with the women's matches having a big push. They put them first. Um, so I thought that too, but the way the rest of the show played out, it makes sense now, which we'll get to. So that was the opening contest, a really good way to kick things off. Uh, not the best Money in the Bank match that we've ever seen, and I don't know if it was the strongest women's Money in the Bank match we've ever seen. It was good, but it could have been better. So moving on to our next match here. Uh, we had, well, before we go there, we had Sami Zayn backstage bothering Triple H. He was harassing Triple H, who was on the phone um, regarding Braun Strowman with the recent buildup. We're not going to, again, talk too much about the buildup. Um, so Sami Zayn, you know, wanted Strowman to be basically away from him, didn't want any interference. Uh, Desi in chat says, WWE trying to make sure Bailey stays. You know, that is a great thing there because we didn't see Sasha Banks and if you heard recently there was some disappointment or issues with them dropping the belts of the Iconics uh, mania so we haven't seen really Sasha Banks since but now here they reward Bailey with money in the bank tonight so it could be a <clears throat> pardon me tactic to make sure that she stays but continue on backstage segment between uh, Zayn and Triple H regarding the Strowman thing he wanted to obviously keep Strowman away Strowman's not in the match Anymore, Zayn is because of recent buildup, so he wanted to make sure it stayed that way because it, it, again, is Money in the Bank is no disqualification, as we've already seen in the opening contest with um, Sony Deville interfering. So our second match of the night here, if you're watching on Twitch live with us, you have this nice graphic if you're watching back on YouTube. Uh, these will be archived there as well, as well as on our Twitch. So if you're listening to this in podcast format later on, that's where you can find these episodes. So we have the U.S. Championship match. So as Joe and Mysterio make their entrance, 
Uh, and Joe is the champion going in. Mysterio's son, Dominic, watches on. Uh, Locke says, I heard a lot of rumors that WWE is caving, giving Sasha more concessions she wanted to come back. She'll come back finally. Um, possibly they they need to do something to keep their talent happy right now because uh, competition is getting real. So as Dominic watches on, um, they make their entrances. The match starts very quickly back and forth. Joe is bloodied. He had bloody nose, uh, a little bit of blood under his eye. Ray wins with this um, almost like a head scissor takedown into a roll-up. The match lasts 1 minute and 39 seconds, and Rey Mysterio captures his first ever United States Championship in WWE, um, meaning that he's finally won all the belts now. However, this is something that happened too throughout the show, at least a few matches that I've noted here. Uh, Samoa Joe, if you watch this back, and even commentary mentioned something regarding this, Joe had his shoulder up. And Alan in chat says, I'm glad Ray won, but wanted it to end differently. You know, I didn't I don't know what I wanted out of these two. Like, I feel like Joe's matches have been rushed as of late. They haven't really given him proper really anything to do. Um, especially since his feud with AJ, like he's just kind of been creepy for one, like going after families and kids and stuff. I, I don't understand the character or why, because now rumor has it that Ray is eventually going to pass on the mask to his son. I don't know how accurate that is, but there's, there's a lot of speculation that that happens. So with the match ending with the Joe shoulder up, Joe was frustrated. Dominic runs to the ring to celebrate with Ray. Joe jumps Ray. And that's the end of that segment. I'm uh, pretty sure when Ray kicked him, he broke his nose. So that could have been, too, why the match ended early. You know, again, it was it was strange. Um, we segue then to backstage. Braun destroyed the backstage area looking for Sami Zayn. So we have, again, our matches of the night. We have this backstage story on Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn, that rivalry continuing after you know Zayn it's hard not to go into backstory here but to get the full picture after the week's build up Zayn replacing him in the match Zayn getting dumped in the trash cans um so obviously Braun is frustrated and this is the best they have for him we're going to go into our next match we have here the Miz versus Shane and they dubbed this odd so for those joining us that just finished Game of Thrones uh they were trying to build off that hype right now Doing the House of Miz versus the House of McMahon, a.k.a. Shane. Uh, so, again, weird Game of Thrones reference for this one. Um, we see a rope break during the course of this match with Shane's foot on the ropes during a pinfall. Yeah, that cage match. If you watched this one, again, I know Game of Thrones was on tonight for some of you that didn't. Um, there was some weird spots. Like, there was a lot of cool moments, but... Again, we're having yet another match with a weird pinfall thing. Uh, commentary again acknowledges this and even agrees that uh, it's a cage match, but it's a McMahon, so we do this. Like, It was just a weird like trying to recover a mistake that had happened. Um, but for some reason, it just they're all over the place getting this pay-per-view going. Shane takes a nasty fall from the top of the cage. Uh, if you can imagine again i don't have visuals for it but if you can imagine both of them kind of teetering up top trying to escape the cage because if you're a non-wrestling fan if you don't know to win a match you get out of the cage get to the floor you you can win that way but both men was there up top and he basically just got dropped almost under his head but he lands on the the you know the wide of his shoulders 
um, perfectly executed safely, but it just looked real nasty. So things could have gotten bad, but fortunately you have Shane who knows how to take a bump clearly as that's been the story of his career. Um, Locke says, got to run, have fun. Thanks, Locke. Thanks for checking it out. Get some sleep. And Henry says the ref was really off tonight, and it was the same ref that botched on this pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, maybe he was having an off night, Henry. Uh, not really sure. Um, just strange. Strange momentum on that one. So, again, the fight continues inside the cage. Midge and uh, Shane climb back up. You get this moment where it's kind of teasing the crowd. Shane's up and over and could easily get out of the ring, but the Miz stops him. Has him hooked for a superplex to lift him up over the cage wall back into the ring. And then obviously they would land inside the, the uh, ring itself. Um, it, they teased it. Like, I was waiting for that to happen. The potential of Shane to go down hard and or get incredibly injured. Because I don't know how you would do that one and land it very well. Uh, T-Shot, welcome to the chat. So, during this exchange and the teasing the crowd of what they wanted, a superplex off the top and basically someone get hurt, Shane slipped out of his shirt and fell out to ringside and won the match. So, Shane picks up the win over The Miz and Miz is shocked. No true, like, hey, I gotcha, I whooped ya kind of victory. So, this feud will probably continue throughout part of summer. Uh, could possibly even conclude at SummerSlam itself, which is just... Uh, over two months away. We get another segment backstage where commentary uh, is actually just hyping a graphic on screen with Mick Foley tomorrow night on Monday night raw announcing a new championship. Uh, they do need to do no holds barred says Alan uh, in chat. So chat, I want to turn to you answer a few questions or speculations. What you guys think of this. Uh, so Mick Foley announcing a new title on raw tomorrow. What do you guys in chat think that means? Do you think that we're going to get a new tag title? Are we going to get a new um, undisputed championship? Like, what are we what are we getting? What kind of title? Like, with Mick Foley doing it, are we getting a hardcore title? Are we really going back to the hardcore thing? It's just, it's, so yeah, Alan says hardcore title into PG era. Home Skill also says hardcore title. Do you honestly think that, this is it for the PG era. Are we going back to a hardcore uh, environment? If so, the timing is kind of interesting with John Moxley, AKA Dean Ambrose recently leaving and pimping that character's return. Cause if you don't know anything about him before WWE, that was kind of what he did. Uh, Deathmatch style wrestling. So, Henry says, I'm thinking a new women's single belt, like a U.S. or uh, intercontinental. Um, maybe. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard. I don't have any ideas. With Mick Foley, the thing that I agreed with was the hardcore. Um, but, again, if they ushered that in, like, how would you not bring that up to someone like Dean Ambrose where you could reinvent his character? But then, again, we don't necessarily knew, know where he's going yet. There's a heavy rumor that with um, Neville – leaving the match for AEW next week that he's going to show up there. But maybe this was like part of his contract negotiation to bring back hardcore and they usher in him and that character and a new belt for it. But then again, like, I don't know, it's 2019. It's, it's strange. 
um, because I feel like they may not go that path. That's not what they feel makes them money. Uh, Henry says, I'm thinking already, I already mentioned that. Sorry. Um, Rick says, I don't think they have enough women for another title. I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I think they need to develop that roster a little bit more before we stump pump, start pumping more titles into that picture. Because again, we don't want to get oversaturated with things. Alan says, I was kind of thinking intercontinental is another option. Um, here's the thing, like let's make belts gender neutral besides maybe main championship. Let's, let's again, have a women's intercontinental champion. Let's say, let's have a United States champion. That's a woman. Why can't we do that? But then again, it's WWE. So who knows? So we'll ponder on that between now and our next, uh, NOW podcast. I'm sure we'll have more information. Obviously we'll have more information tomorrow as soon as tomorrow, but, uh, we'll see what things develop out of that announcement for our next one, uh, for our next pay-per-view. Backstage, Zane is found hanging by his ankles upside down backstage. So clearly, someone attacked him and tied him up. Let it speculate that it was uh, Braun Strowman. Because it was obvious that Braun Strowman was trying to hunt down Sami Zayn. So that story again continues backstage. So our next match at Money in the Bank was the Cruiserweight Championship. Tony Nese, your champion. Uh, against Davari here on the right. So Davari arrived in style. I was uh, kind of paying homage to those that arrived in a car, uh, the most notable Eddie Guerrero, um, but just, just kind of showcasing you know, wealth and power, and he wanted the belt to tie it up. Uh, Henry says, last thought on this, if it's a hardcore belt, it'll be watered down like the ECW rebirth was. You, Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, If you're not going to go 100, don't do it. So Davari arrived, and what it looks to be, I don't know cars very well, so correct me if I'm wrong. Comment below if you're watching back in a replay. Uh, it looked like he arrived in a Mercedes, a real nice expensive car. He posed with it for a minute before making his way to the ring. Um, some highlights of this match. Uh, nice landed a nice 450, but Davari kicked out of it. I was kind of surprised by that. It was a great back and forth. This division, the, the crowd was on their hands. They just, It felt like a piss break match. And it deserved a little bit more because, honestly, it was a good match. But they just have not done enough to really showcase um, this group. What's up, Cody? All elite. He's all elite from chat there. So the end result here is that Nice retained with what I find uh, Mercedes. Was there a Mercedes, um, Henry? So Nice retained with his running knees. Or the running niece. I don't know. I guess like the puns off your name for finishers. It's the easy way to go for people to remember your stuff. So I, I can't hate him for it. But eh, come on. After that we go backstage again. Triple H now confronting Braun Strowman. After we had found Zayn obviously tied up by the ankles hanging upside down. And Triple H advised he cannot replace Sami Zayn because of that. It's just not going to happen. Braun denied guilt to Zayn's hanging. And then Triple H just told Braun to leave Money in the Bank. He was, was not welcome there anymore. Uh, so Braun seemed to have acknowledged and left. I did work for the Steiners. I did work for the Steiners. So that was that. We're, we're possibly seeing the end of Braun Strowman for the night. 
and we get confirmation that Zane was taken to a local medical facility. So now it is a seven-man Money in the Bank match later on in the show. Uh, Acknowledge your chat here for a minute. What's up, Lightning? How you doing? Welcome to our review and recap for Money in the Bank. So now that we have acknowledgement that Zane is out, per se, if you hear from what commentary says, uh, seven people remain in the eight-man Money in the Bank ladder match. We don't know where that match is yet on the card. It hasn't happened at this point yet, so obviously later in the night. Moving on to our next match on the show, we have the first of her two being Becky Two Belts here. Uh, Double or nothing review. That'd be fun. I need to uh, find a way to watch that and not pay all the money, but I don't want to bootleg it because they deserve to get supported. So... But our Raw Women's Championship match, Lacey Evans, the challenger, challenging Becky Two Belts, the champion going in. So Evans comes out with a very green attire and what I thought was phenomenal, rips off the skirt cover that she had and on her legs had holsters. And in the holsters, she pulled them out and shot out money. They were $100 bills with her image on it. I thought that was a nice touch for her character. Um just a fun gimmick to kind of showcase her finally getting some momentum on the main roster. Uh, I was very excited to see her character get built up like this. Uh, ultimately with uh, the women's right taking down the man, I was like, this is just clever, clever storyline writing. They, they're doing so well with the women here. Uh, I'm very happy to see that. I, I wish I could say the same for the men's division, uh, but it, all in all, it's about time. We're getting more intriguing content featuring women. That's been a long time coming. So it's a great back and forth match. Uh, there was a nice moment of insult from Evans using a handkerchief on the face and then wiping her own armpit and then putting it basically in the mouth of Becky Lynch. Uh, Henry says, I think she did great tonight. I agree. Uh, weird roll up after knee strikes where the referee didn't count the pin from Evans on Lynch. So again, another moment of why didn't this pinfall happen? The ref scrambled kind of around to get a different position and got into position during this. The uh, Lynch had rolled into a disarmor and then tapped out Evans. So that was the end of that match. She, Becky Two Belts, retains the championship and she doesn't even get much of a moment to celebrate because at that point, Charlotte's music hits and Charlotte makes her way down to the ring. So with that. We segue immediately into the SmackDown Women's Championship where Becky Two Belts has to defend her second belt on the card, back-to-back. We don't often see back-to-back title matches like that. One of the most uh, memorable moments for myself was back in 2001 seeing Jericho um, basically exhausted and then finally getting his second match to become the undisputed champion. So you're seeing back-to-back matches back then. It's just one of the more memorable ones and one of the greatest ones in my opinion. Big fan of Jericho. Anyway, so great back and forth between Charlotte and Lynch here. They do have great chemistry. They've competed. I mean, we're talking years now. Crazy to say that, that they're the established on the main roster. I felt like they're still green, but they don't look it. But time has just its tendency to pass by real quick. Um, just like another great example, the Shield had been around for like seven years at this point, like which that's mind-blowing. Uh, anyways... Charlotte hits the finisher and, uh, excuse me, I'm jumping in. Evans runs down during the match towards the end, hit Lynch, 
With the women's right, the referee missed it because of distraction. Charlotte then hit her finisher and won the championship from Becky Two Belts, winning her ninth championship here on the main roster. Lynch then attacks Evans for this, obviously very angry by this. Charlotte and Evans work together to attack Lynch. And then Bailey's music hits. She attacks Evans, goes after Charlotte. Charlotte tosses out Bailey. Charlotte attacks Lynch some more. Charlotte then goes after Bailey again, but Bailey reverses. The crowd is going crazy at this point and wanting her to cash in on a down Charlotte. Bailey cashes in. Bailey lands a top rope elbow and wins the SmackDown Championship. So now we have immediately Charlotte winning and then Bailey winning from Charlotte. So within a matter of moments, we have two title changes in the SmackDown division for the women. So Bailey is now your SmackDown Women's Champion. We segue to backstage. Rix is so predictable. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm kind of bummed they didn't milk it with her having the, the money in the bank a little bit longer. But you know what? It's uh, It was a great moment. So I'm not, not mad about it. Segwaying backstage, we have Elias attacking Roman. He sneaks up behind him, attacks Roman with the guitar, and then continues after that, walks right to the ring, no music, no nothing. Uh, the ring crew sets up a chair, gets him an electric guitar to perform. He insults the crowd as he does you know, normally, talks about the Wailers, and plays a little song, and then leaves. Shocking they did it so close to 9 p.m. too, says uh, Rick and Chet. Well, yeah, they wanted to hook people, but I'm sorry. If you're invested in eight years of a TV show, you're going to click over to that TV show for one more time. Uh, WWE, I don't think they had any plans or knowing that they were going to win that battle, which it is what it is. All right, so Elias walks up the ramp to leave, and Roman's music then hits. Roman obviously predictably runs out and hits a Superman punch on the ramp to Elias, guides him to the ring, and then we have our scheduled match. Minute of like five seconds, uh, spear and win for Roman. So there you go. There's your Roman Reigns appearance on Money in the Bank. I'm not mad about it, but why do they keep booking Elias this way when I feel he actually is a decent wrestler and has a unique, somewhat unique gimmick that they could build into something better, but here we are with Elias and here we are with writers who don't know what to do with the talent they have. Hence why talent is leaving, but who am I? I'm just a guy that watches and talks about it. Our next match on the card. Jumped right through that one. Didn't even put it on the screen for you. I apologize. So there you go. There was your five second match and your five second graphic. Raven and chat says, I only turn on money in the bank after game of Thrones. And I wish I hadn't. Yeah, we'll get to that. So here we go. Universal Championship. Seth, the champion, defending against AJ Styles. A great technical back and forth to start. This was one I was very excited for because they have really unique, fast-paced, you know, technical wrestling, if you will. Uh, they're, they're both uniquely, somewhat evenly matched and evenly experienced. Uh, the ring veteran obviously going for Styles here, but not to discount Seth by any means. He's had a heck of a career at this point already. So I was very excited for this match. And we got that. Uh, we almost saw a Styles clash from the ring apron to the floor. They teased that. That got reversed. 
mixed crowd reaction I noticed as well. No one was in favor of one specifically. It was kind of back and forth. Uh, either way, it was a win-win. Let's be real here with these two. Uh, Seth retained. It would have been awesome. If AJ won. It would have been awesome. So overall, we had a really good matchup and a really good match that delivered. Styles reverses Stomp into a Styles Clash, which is where I thought he was actually going to win this thing. Rollins kicked out and then lands another Stomp and retains the title. The match ending was with Styles trying to go for a handshake. Contemplation was written all over the face of Rollins. However, he ended up accepting. So they had a nice moment of, uh, you know, good job. And I don't think this is the last of these two, to be honest. The top rope inverted suplex. That was nice as well, Henry in chat says. Um, so I don't think this will be the last matchup between these two. They are the two top guys here in the Raw division. However, there is a new money in the bank that we're going to talk about here at the end of the show. That could be the uh, thorn in the side of both of these men. We segue to backstage. We have a backstage interview with Kofi and Xavier hyping up the um, WWE Championship later on in the show. And then we have a bonus match that was not advertised. I don't have the graphic, and it was basically worthless. It was advertised as a six-man tag. Lucha House Party came out, and then Lars Sullivan... Um, he destroyed them all and left. Thank God for that. Cause, uh, I don't want to see Lars Sullivan on my television. He's a piece of garbage. So moving on, I'm not going to give him any more time. Our WWE championship match, Kofi, the champion defending against challenger, Kevin Owens. The one thing that I noted about this is we're getting classic bully Kevin Owens. He portrayed the same powerhouse bully heel with the champion trying to overcome. So it's a story we've seen a million times over. But it was interesting because it was something somewhat fresh. But I felt like the crowd was, they weren't dead, but they just, they didn't know what they were getting out of this rivalry. And this is just warming up. So we're, we're probably going to see more out of these two. Towards the end of the match, Owen took the shoes off of uh, Kofi and attempted a swanton bomb, which was reversed by Kofi. And then he landed his trouble in paradise in socks to retain his championship. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, Xavier came down to celebrate. And that was the end of that segment. So we still have Kofi as champ. That's you know momentous. I, I'm excited to see where they go with this. However a bit nervous. Because of the Money in the Bank match. So our main event of show. Was the men's Money in the Bank Featuring Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Finn Balor, Ali, who we just have first name, Andrade, who we just have first name of, Randy Orton, and supposed to be Sami Zayn. However, again, we had confirmation that he was sent to a medical facility, and obviously that was the end of that. What's up, Nekkara? Shout out to chat. So Zayn didn't show up during the entrances. Everyone had made their entrance. The match had started. Early on in the going, crowd was very supportive for Randy Orton with the chance going. Uh, Andrade delivered a nasty, please do yourself a favor and watch this match back. Andrade landed a nasty sunset flip to Balor off the top rope of the ladder to a ladder that was mounted between the ropes and the ladder standing in the middle of the ring. Um, the height he got after that flip bomb back into the air, I don't know how he's not hurt. And if he is, I imagine he would be like, wow. 
do yourself a favor, find a clip of that, or just watch this match because it's it was awesome. Immediately after that big move, what's up, Crow? Uh, immediately after that big move, the crowd started chanting "Yowie Wowie." Obviously, uh, paying recognition to Bray Wyatt's new gimmick, which I'm excited to see him roll out here soon. I'm assuming he's going to take a little bit of time off. Um, he's still recovering from injury, and he's had some time off because uh, he just had a baby. Not him personally, but uh, they just had a baby. So I can't imagine him being that eager to come back to Raw tomorrow. We're probably going to see him off for another few weeks, if not a month. After that, we had Ricochet getting nailed by Ollie's reverse Frankensteiner. Another incredible move, which I don't know how doesn't break the neck of your opponent. You have to be incredibly athletic and agile to land. Uh, not only have that move done to you, but execute that move. So uh, I guarantee that's practiced numerous times. It's it's scary to watch, but I'm always happy to see no one getting hurt by it. Ali nailed Andrade with his signature flip off the top of the ladder, which is another one. So big moves happening now. The match is really picking up pace and speed. And we're getting a lot of ladders being set up throughout the ring and outside of it. Speaking outside of it, Corbin is on the outside. He slammed Ali through the Spanish announce table. So we're getting real hardcore here, which again, we talked about Mick Foley unveiling the hardcore championship as what we thought in chat, at least a few of us. Uh, is a big possibility. So we'll see if that ends up happening, especially with this matchup tonight. But then again, Money in the Bank tends to be pretty violent no matter what. Uh, more so this year with a lot of uh, what I like to call the flippy guys. Um, so a lot of high-risk moves being done. McIntyre delivered a suplex to Balor on the ladder. So that was nice to see. McIntyre threw Ricochet out of the ring through the ladder that was placed across the apron to the commentary table. So that broke in half. Ali cleared the ring, and we thought Ali was going to be our money in the bank. I was fully expecting Ali to be the one. I was not happy with it. I, I can't get behind the guy. He's he's okay. But you, you got to have a thing because you have Ali, you have um, Finn, you have Ricochet, you have three guys that should be on 205 Live that are not. It's like, how do you differentiate who's popular enough? Because that's what it is. That should be in matches like this, or that should be competing against Tony Nice, because Ali came from 205. So it's it's one of those things. Why do these individuals get deserving of being in the main roster? For one, let's just get rid of 205 Live and just mix them all in, because I love the contrast and styles. Let's have some of those cruiserweights competing against these other people. Because for hell, uh, Rey Mysterio, he's a former world champion. He's you know, U.S. champion now, like, why does he not have to compete at 205? It's just one of those weird things. Like, if that's the strict rule, why are there allowances? Alan in chat says, I thought it was going to be Corbin and Drew winning the briefcase. I, I could see them. Drew could be another wild card here, too, because I thought for sure he was going to get a push with the Ziggler storyline and ultimately didn't out of that. So, back to the match, though. Ali, again, cleared the ring, climbing the ladder. We hear music hit. Whose music? Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar's music hits. Surprised the hell out of me. Um, I was like, okay, is this match just done then? Is he just going to kill everyone? And uh, that's it. So Lesnar destroyed Ali in the ladder, knocking everything down. He sets the ladder back up. We see Lesnar scale the ladder. Uh, you could tell he's a bit kind of apprehensive about climbing that thing. He had to slowly get those last couple rungs up to the top and then... Uh, 
he grabbed the briefcase and Brock Lesnar is your money in the bank winner. Boom. Yeah, that's mind blowing. Um, we do know that there's going to be a big super show match in June in Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't support it. I didn't watch the other one there. I, I don't plan on, I suppose I have to doing a podcast now about wrestling, but we already got Goldberg against Undertaker, which why, um, there's other things that have been booked too, but we're going to get a cash in at that show. It's that's going to happen. Um, and damn it. <laughs> Here we go again for the summer with Brock Lesnar because he confirmed that he's done again with the UFC. He's not coming back so to UFC. So he's sticking with WWE. Obviously, they still have him in contract. Henry and Chess says it's so messed up they refuse the women wrestlers there. Exactly. It's one of the many reasons why I don't support that show. So, chat, this is the part of the show I want to open up to you if you have any questions uh, comments or anything regarding the the return of the nerds of wrestling. Um, I'll answer questions for a few minutes here before we go off air. So I got about five minutes with y'all. So let me know what you think of the show yourself. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll give it a few moments here since there's a delay with chat. For those unfamiliar with our programming, while I'm waiting for some Q&A here, we have a show on Twitch TV every Friday called The Weekly Dosage. Uh, Lock Steady, Kevin, and, well, I guess Rob, you will, since I'm using Kevin's name. Rob, Kevin, and myself, we play Jackbox Party Pack games with you. And what you can do is go to jackbox.tv on your mobile device and play along with us. Uh, It's fun, it's interactive, and you can even earn prizes like Strands where you get to use towards our other shows being on Wednesday and Thursday nights, Wednesday being nerd acumen wrestling and Thursday being nerd elite wrestling. So those are two wrestling shows for those that don't know, listening to this podcast where you get to compete in chat and vote on matches and who you think will win. It's an interactive game where all the characters on WWE 2K19 on the Xbox, uh, we have one bit donation for those that don't watch the show too. We play that hip hip array. Thank you. Home skillet. Um, again, all the viewers are the roster. So you get to compete against each other, win championships, and it's just a fun wrestling interactive show on the Xbox One. If you want to join that, uh, upload your character if you have 2K19 using hashtag NAW on Community Creations. We'll get you involved and join the chat each and every week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's a lot of fun. Um, Alan has a thought here. I thought overall it was a good event. Uh, Overall good matches. Thought a few of them could have been better, and I'm kind of pissed Brock came out and won Money in the Bank. Why? I'll tell you why. Super Show. That's exactly why um, the Saudis make demands on who they want to see and they pay a lot of money. And uh, that's why the things happen. Obviously he can bring Shawn Michaels back out of retirement. It could bring Brock Lesnar and money in the bank and then a title match win. Money makes the world go. And unfortunately it's what drives wrestling right now. Uh, and it's what's going to drive a lot of hardcore fans and diehard fans away to other things. Um, and it's ultimately probably why we have a decline in ratings for Raw and SmackDown as of late. I think in the last two years, we've had the lowest ratings in the history of both shows. Uh, episodes of, like specific ones, not like overall, but it's low. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I think on that. So uh, I'll answer a couple more things or any other feedback. I'll give my final thoughts. Uh, overall, it was a good pay-per-view. Uh, it had a lot of cool moments, a lot of highlights, uh, a lot of lows, a lot of questionable 
but kind of, you know, knowing answers. Um, this is definitely one uh, I would go back and watch just to kind of digest and uh, see again, not live. Uh, sometimes when you watch things back a second time, you pick up on things you may have missed and maybe have a different appreciation rather than your gut instinct on things. But the reason I'm doing this right after a pay-per-view is to review recap and then just kind of have my gut instinct on why or what I thought. So in closing, we'll recap. I'll do a love or hate it as far as matches. So pre-show or just a meh in the middle. So we have a neutral pre-show match. The tag team is a meh meet in the middle there and women's money in the bank. Loved it. I thought it was really good. Good storytelling. U.S. Championship. Meh. Um, steel cage match between Miz and Shane. Uh, I thought it was good. Had a lot of good moments. It's uh, still in the middle stages of the storyline. Cruiserweight Championship was a meh. Again, they need more build. Raw Women's Championship between Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch. Loved it. SmackDown between Lynch and Charlotte. Um, between Meh and Loved it. Uh, Roman Reigns and Elias, I hated it. Seth and AJ Styles, I uh, loved it. Lucha House Party and Lars, hated it. Kofi and Owens, um, I thought it was between loved it and meh. And then the main event, Money in the Bank match, if it wasn't for the ending and what is going to happen out of it, I would say I loved it. So all in all, this has been our coverage of the Nerds of Wrestling podcast featuring the Money in the Bank 2019 by WWE. Uh, Phoenix 500-bit donation from you. Thank you so much. Hip, hip, hooray. Uh, For those that, again, are joining us, our next show will be live this Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us for Nerd Acumen Wrestling uh, each and every week. A lot of exciting things coming out of that. And then also, speaking of Money in the Bank, regarding that this Thursday, we're going to find out what happened as Nerd Elite Wrestling went off the air on Thursday. Did Don cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase against Herman successfully, or did he fail? Questions? Anyways, thank you all for joining us. This has been the podcast. I wish you all... Is there a house show this week? Yes, Alan, there is a house show this week. Uh, Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for the reminder on that. I had already uploaded it, so I had forgotten. (laughs) Go me. But for those that join me tonight, I hope you enjoyed. If you watch your Game of Thrones, if you watch Money in the Bank, I hope you enjoyed that. And then, of course, thank you for watching this. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the return to Nerds of Wrestling. Hopefully, on our next one, we'll have Rob with me on here. We'll have some back and forth, better discussion. Uh, just continue to grow this podcast. So, for all your support, thank you so much. We'll see you next time, and have a good night, everyone. <laughs>